0: In a world with artificial intelligence, how do we transform education? Thanks for tuning in. I'm Daniel Lopez, and this is the AI Education Conversation, where we explore the opportunities, risks, and impacts of AI across education. If you'd like to join the conversation, check out the aieducationconversation.com. Let's jump in. Happy Monday, everyone. We're back with another AI Essentials episode where we cover the essential topics of AI. I'm really fired up today. We're going to get creative. One of my favorite things to do when using AI is to create images using AI tools. We've all heard that famous quote, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I found that you can use just a couple of words to generate some pretty cool images. And that in of itself can feel like an art form. At face value, just like The AI Essentials episode I released in early January where we showed how thoughtful, explicit instructions, which most of the folks I know in my network can already do, and how being able to provide good, explicit instructions can lead to a high-quality output from AI tools like ChatGPT. Image generation tools work similarly, but with some slight tweaks. So first, before we really get into the weeds of talking about how to use AI image generators, let why would you want to use them? What's the purpose? I've honestly found that this can be useful for a lot of daily activities. Let me share a few scenarios that have come up in in my week to week here. In the context of, let's say an English or a history class. Let's say you want to support students with visualization guides around unique vocabulary vocabulary words, characters, settings, Plot lines. Why describe how American Revolution soldiers fought against the British Redcoats using tools like bayonets when you can actually generate a picture or and, and show them what a bayonet looked like and show them thoughtful emotional imagery to show them what that experience may have been like? These can also be really fun for checks of understanding. You can generate a picture of George Washington standing with soldiers in front of the Eiffel Tower and ask students to share why this picture doesn't add up. What's wrong with this picture? Another scenario that I've been thinking about is for those really physical, real-world scenario applications, problems that tend to pop up really frequently in science and math. Oftentimes, there's problems being asked where it's like a a really, you know, these two cars are going at this speed at this mile an hour, and then you're asked to calculate uh, an equation based off of that. Why not use a picture as a visual guide in those instances? You know, if you're laying out a math problem or you're describing a concept, let's say in science, like inertia using words, you could easily find some really applicable use cases and generate some really cool looking images or even ask students to do it as well. That leads me to my next reason. I think image generation is actually really fun and really great for assessment. It's a different modality. I think students, you know, if you are frequently asking students to demonstrate their understanding based on a lesson using these mini exit tickets that are multiple choice or one short answer question why not just let them use an image generator and generate an image to demonstrate their understanding ask them how what's a what what is a scenario you would use to describe what inertia means make that their homework have them come in next day and uh, submit the picture and then they have to explain the picture speaking of which when i i actually over the course of last year was a part of a fellowship with the national college access network for aspiring c-suite college access leaders and it was a really tremendous experience i was in these three hour long sessions twice a month with a cohort of uh, 11 other folks from across the country and it was a really great experience at the end of the experience we were asked to essentially to do a presentation in any format any modality that we'd like to just demonstrate some of the things that we'd learned over that experience and so it, I actually used the opportunity to put this into practice so rather than putting together a PowerPoint or you know just talking for ten minutes about what I did, I actually generated five images that I used as anchors to describe significant moments and learnings from my journey throughout the fellowship. so I found that that was an extremely helpful way for me to to synthesize some of the the meaningful moments of that experience for me and I also had a lot of fun doing it and thinking about what images might feel most might most resonate with the cohort and, and that they could most understand related to what I was sharing. I think images can also be fun for a variety of different team or culture building activities. As an example, just a couple of days ago, I was leading a meeting with some of my colleagues at one goal. And I actually uh, decided to do a, a culture builder to start off a meeting with this exact situation. So what I did is I actually asked them a question. I said, well, what keeps you at one goal? I would love to have a, do a culture builder around that, but, what what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to show you how to use some of these AI image generators for the purpose of that. We use Canva, which I'm going to talk about how to use that today. And then they had, you know, about a few minutes there to generate whatever image they would like to represent maybe some of the reasons that, you know, they're still with one goal. So that was a fun conversation. Everybody seemed to have fun playing around with those tools as well. And I would say, finally, you know, if you're doing what I'm obviously frequently doing with this podcast, if you're Frequently doing presentations or writing blogs or writing essays, I think the benefit of using AI generators is they allow you to generate extremely precise images to convey your presentation points rather than scouring the internet as an example for something that kind of matches up with what you're trying to say, but maybe not 100%. So these are some of the many use cases I've enjoyed, though I imagine once your wheels start turning, you're going to find additional use cases to whip up some customized images in your own life. So that's it. Let's get to it and let's start cooking. First and foremost, let's talk basics, and then we're going to ramp up with some more advanced tactics and resources that I've learned just over over my journey, my AI learning journey here. As we walk through this, I'm also going to be providing some videos, some images on this uh, podcast and YouTube uh, video. I'm going to do my best to voice this over if you're driving or something like that, or you're you know you're exercising and you can't quite look down. But I do want to put a couple of visual guide elements here to show you the images that I'm generating, as well as how briefly to show you how to use tools like Chat ChatGPT's AI image generator, which is DALI. Fun fact, it's the exact same way. And Canva, which is the other one that we'll feature here. It's very similar. It's not complicated to use, but I know that having just the visual navigation might be helpful initially as we're talking about it here. So at a basic level, when we talk image generators, there's a lot of them. You know, some of the ones that you may have heard of in, in some capacity before, like I mentioned, Dolly, which is really just Chat GPT. They're combined. They're a part of one thing. It used to be separate, but no longer. Midjourney, which is another very popular one. Canva has AI image generation tools to it. I think we all know Canva for the multitude of ways you can use it to put together really cool documents and stuff, but they do have AI image generation. Firefly, which is Adobe's AI image generation. Titan, which I believe is for Amazon web series. And also Bard. BART actually has some AI image generation tools. I'm, not, I'm actually not sure if these have always been with BART since the inception or if they were just added with the integration of their new model Gemini, but I was just playing around with BART a couple of days ago and it does also have image generation. Some of these are free, some of them cost money. So we'll, we'll briefly talk about that in the context of Canva and ChatGPT in just a sec here. Now let me let me actually start to voice over the Canva image generator and what that looks like. So at this point, you know, if you are able to look at the screen, I will. I, I'm going to be showing just the Canva quick way to scroll that. So you're opening up a document, you can go in there, and you know, just as you would w- when you're opening up a, a product or you know a document on Canva, and very similar to with AI text to text responses, the first thing I want to highlight is that. There's no coding involved to produce images. All you need is words. So I just want to make sure, make sure that that piece is clear. When you're looking at Canva's AI image generator here, as I'm describing, what you'll notice is that you'll open up a Canva you know, document in whatever way that it looks like for you. On the left-hand side, what you're going to do is go to apps all the way at the bottom. You're going to click on the one of the most popular apps that they have, which is Magic Media. If you click on that, what you're going to notice is, and as, as I'm showing here, there's a little prompt that that'll pop up. And again, it looks very similar. It's just like a search bar prompt where you can type in the subject for what you want the image to be. Now, what makes Canva a little bit unique from ChatGPT, and I'm going to show the generation of specific images with ChatGPT in just a second here. With Canva, they actually break out some of the artistic styles so that you don't have to describe that fully in your prompts. You can if you want to. You can actually say, I want it to be in this style, but you don't have to. You can just keep it simple to just the subject. And then they allow you to pick some of the different Uh, subjects there that you can choose from to add that element to it in a different way. So that is a little bit of a unique feature that Canva have. Not all of these have that feature. Some of them are just a search bar, but some of them do have this like added elements where you can just select functions based off of like a UI menu versus just having the search bar. That being said, I'm going to show you exactly using Dali, which again is just ChatGPT, how I generate some of the images that we will review in this episode here so that you can see how how you can use it. But essentially you'll notice with Dali, like I said, it's just the same chat GPT bar. There's no difference. They're really the differences in the prompt that you're requesting. So if I'm asking it to generate an image versus give me ideas, it's gonna give me a visual response versus a text response. So let's get into it. For images, your prompting is gonna look a little bit different than what it looks like for text. In image generation, you wanna be as specific as you can about the subject and what matters most to you there. And then you can also start to include elements around like artistic, tone, camera angles, those pieces, if that is equally as important to you. But let me give a couple examples here. So you can see I'm generating this image. The first prompt that I'm gonna use, very basic prompt, just focus on the subject, will be the one that you all will see as I'm highlighting on the screen. And in just a second, I will show you the images that are produced with for both Canva and ChatGPT. The first prompt is going to be generate an image of an enthusiastic teacher leading a lesson on math with students. And you can see here for both image searches, the images that it prompts back and it produces. What I will say is just that face value as I'm displaying both of these images. I was actually really impressed with with the ChatGPT image. It, It was a lot more dynamic and had just, I think, a lot more of a life to it than I expected it to. Usually I find that with like pretty basic prompts, they sometimes can feel a little flat, very similar to the Canva one that I'm showing here. I think anybody looking at these two images as I'm posting them here, the uh, ChatGPT one has like a, a middle-aged white male teacher teaching a math math lesson. It looks more 3D, whereas you know the the Canva picture is more of like a 2D image, it looks a little bit clunkier, it looks to be appears to be like a, like a Latina facing brown teacher there, and you can kind of see the differences there and just the the response that it gave and the quality of those images. Now, that being said, the nice thing about these image generators is very similar to the text prompting. You can get a little bit more specific and and have a stronger command of the prompt. So now you will see, I'm going to do the same thing with a a lot more specific prompt. So the prompt that I'm going to include now, just to give you a sense of how detailed you can get, is is the following. Generate a medium shot, high quality pop art image of a Latina teacher in her mid-twenties wearing a modern business casual attire. She has an enthusiastic expression on her face as she reads from a children's picture book to an overly excited classroom of kindergarten students who are sitting on a vibrant rainbow-colored rug. The classroom is filled with art supplies, toys, and other objects commonly found in a kindergarten classroom. The overall tone of the image reflects the joy students feel in engaging with her passionate teacher. So you see, my intention in that prompt is though it though it is more detailed, is to really also, in addition to the subject, convey the emotion, the artistic style that will come with it. So that was what I tried to do. And these, you can also now start to see both of the images there. I will say that Canva appeared to do much better at producing a higher quality image when I gave it the more detailed prompt relative to the first two. And you can see the comparison between those first two. Now you'll notice that they both look relatively closer to to each other because there was more guidance. The artistic style is a little bit closer to each other. There's also, I think a little bit of a life to both images. I will say that both chat GPT images, what I, what I found surprising is that the, the pretty basic prompt here I thought was, was equally as good quality as the, the more specific one that I asked, but obviously the nice thing about having a more detailed prompt is it may more align with the vision that you have in your head for what you want that picture to look like relative to the specific objective you have in using that. So you'll notice that that second image obviously is very, very much aligned to what I asked from it. So it's as simple as that, honestly. I mean, look, you can see the images that I produced using both of these tools. That's the basics. That's how you really start to produce some of these images. I want to briefly also talk about a few other takeaways that I think might be helpful as you go through the journey of starting to play around with some of these AI image generation tools. So other quick takeaways, from my perspective, an ideal prompt when you're using an image generator should include describing your subject matter and composition artistic style, providing specific details and verbiage to convey the feeling and the look of the image I found to be very helpful, like I'm showing in the examples here. Second takeaway, if you're not specific, this is where I think you're going to notice some of the co- common biases and drawbacks of AI image generators. They tend to be prone to generate big robots, as an example, to represent AI. They, they if, if you ask for a subject with multiple humans, they tend to make those humans look alike. Like you'll have like five different humans and they all have the same face. So there, there's, you know, some, some errors that will come up there. Sometimes often, if you talk about any type of role connected to success as a generic prompt, it is a hundred percent of the time going to generate a white guy. You'll notice that even with the basic prompt that I provided here. So if, if there is an element of diversity and representation that you're intending to convey in your prompt, make sure that you're explicit there where you need to be. What you'll also notice is that Oftentimes, these AI image generators, as you, as it includes any words in the images, unless you're hyper-specific about a word you want to include and specifically how you spell it, it's probably going to look like a bunch of jumble, jumbled words, and it's probably going to be misspelled. Most of the time, those words I find are misspelled. They've gotten better over the last year, but they still very frequently misspell characters that they include in images. I would also just add that, just like chatbots, you can learn through exploration. So I usually approach the brainstorming element of AI image generation in two different ways, and you you can do so however you'd like. But these are this has just worked for me. My first favorite way of doing some brainstorming is I'll actually type a high level idea in a text generator like ChatGPT Plus, and I may ask it like, "Hey, I need five thought provoking, engaging image ideas for showing how important collaboration between between teachers and parents is in supporting students," and then it'll generate uh, those five ideas I may then ask it to generate all five images and then I may look at all five of those images and say hey do I want to keep do I want to keep one of these or build off one of these or do I want to go back to the drawing board that tends to be an effective strategy for me. I'll actually show some video of me doing that just so that you all can see how I did a little bit of that you know over as I'm talking about this part here I will also sometimes just put in a basic prompt like our first example and then I'll continue adding elements until it gives me what I want So sometimes I'm like I really want, the teacher to be in this position and holding this object and then once i feel like i've been able to get the the verbiage correct for that to be consistent then i'll work on visual elements like i want a comic book style i wanted to have toy story animation i wanted to include bold colors and then i'll build off of it that's been an, the second strategy that has been really helpful for me and some of that brainstorming approach lastly i would just say it it can be really fun if you you know if you Aspire to be a good artist, but you're not really good at drawing or not good at painting. This might be a different way to express some of that creative element. And you can try it and you can see how it feels for you and and what most resonates for you. Try some use cases that are professional. Try some use cases that are personal. Lastly, I just want to end with you got this. I believe in you. Go cook up some cool images and let me know what you come up with. For all my AI enthusiasts who listen to this episode, would love to hear what are some of your pro tips around AI image generation for high quality image. What do you find yourself using those creative images for? If you have any other thoughts on today's episode, you can join the conversation at the aieducationconversation.com or you can message me on LinkedIn, humans at the heart of AI education. And I'll see you all next episode. What's up everyone? I'm thrilled to announce that I will be presenting at SequoiaCon 2024. If your team, school or district or institution for that matter is ready to take the leap in exploring AI implementation, my session will support with strategies for implementation and navigating change management. The team at Evergreen is also giving any of my followers $50 off the conference registration if you use my code AICOMBO. You can register at the link in the show notes. I hope to see you all at my session humans at the heart of education.